So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Smarter Vet Podcast. This is Tom Seco, one of your co-hosts, and I am joined today with a special guest. He is a principal and business advisor at a firm in Tampa, Florida called Cantor & Associates. They are a mid-sized, full-service CPA firm that does a lot of work with veterinarians, and they have a national presence. I'd like to introduce Eric Benke. Hey, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you here, and this should be a great episode today. Just to start things off, I'd like to have you just give a little bit of a introduction to how long the firm has been working with veterinarians. How long have you guys been in that space? Yeah, so the firm has been in business for about 16 years. And I think throughout the 16 years, we've been working with vets on some level or another. But really over the last five years, I don't say it was by, by choice. It just kind of happened that way where we got referred to another and another and another. And that's kind of how that works is word of mouth. But we've got a pretty, pretty good understanding of how veterinary practices work from single doctor practices to specialty practices to emergency practices up to three, four, five doctors. And so we've pretty much seen it all. That's awesome. So a lot of expertise, a lot of know-how of how different business models work within the veterinary profession, which is great. So what, what attracted you to be a part of the firm that you're at right now? What drove you to be and do what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I, I've, I've had a long career of working with small businesses on a lot of different levels. And when I came to Cantor & Associates uh, just about nine years ago, I really found a home in that our firm is very, very holistic. We kind of look at the big picture. We're not looking to just do just taxes or, or, or just financial statements. And that really drew me to that firm. And working with small businesses, working with veterinarians, I mean, you got people that are just working really, really hard day in and day out, and they've got their head in the business just trying to get through. I mean, really, that's what most people do. And for us to be able to come in and say, okay, pick your head up for a second, and let's teach you some things that can help you either run your practice a little bit better, be a little bit more efficient, save some time, save some money. That's really our passion as a firm. And that's always been my passion since I started my career 25 years ago. Hmm. That's powerful. So you're working a lot within the, the business owner space over the course of time, which is really cool. It's a very complicated and very rewarding area to work in. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the states that the firm is able to, to work in, is there any limitations or are you all able to service all over the United States? Yeah. So as far as uh, being a CPA firm, you're not limited to registration per state. You really can work anywhere. And we have clients all over the country. In fact, we have a handful of clients that are in other countries as well. So we're, we're pretty well versed regardless of where we're helping folks. How would you typically work when it comes to people that are outside of Florida? Well, we utilize technology, and although we love meeting with people face-to-face and even clients out of state, you know, there are times that we'll hop on a, uh, a, a plane and, and go meet somebody. We do utilize technology. All of our stuff is cloud-based internally. We use Zoom for video conferences and, and teleconferences, but we're pretty well-versed to be able to work with anybody anywhere and still give them the level of service that they're looking for. That's good. Web technology is fantastic, and oh, yeah. especially when you can help people from afar and not have to. What, what I, I will say I love about the web technology is the fact that you don't have to get in a car and drive very far to go see someone. You just jump in front of your computer and turn on the webcam. 
<laughs> it's very yeah, easy. Yeah, for sure. And, and with the technology now, it's so easy to share screens because we have clients that refuse, like, you know, the little camera comes on and all you see is like over their shoulder because they don't, <laughs> don't want to show you their face. <laughs> right. Um, but we could share screens and go over reports and stuff together. And it, it, it's not the same as being face-to-face, of course, but it definitely does, you know, it really took down a lot of the barriers having this technology for sure. Got it. To pivot here and getting a little bit more into the conversation around with veterinarians, what is one thing that you believe that a lot of veterinarians struggle with when it comes to taxes, accounting? Like, What is one category that seems to pop up the most often? Well, there's two. So I'm going to answer <laughs> the second one later. Hopefully it'll come up in the conversation, but there's one that just kind of sticks out a little bit. And, it, and it's, it's, if you're a single doctor practice, how do you pay yourself? Most practices that I've seen file their taxes as an S-corp, which means they're, they get a certain amount that's wages on their W-2, and there's a certain amount that's distributions. And the IRS has this rule called reasonable wage, and most people don't really understand what that is. So right. we come across practices all the time when we look at their returns and go, oh gosh, you're paying yourself way too much, which means you're paying too much in payroll tax. We also come across firms where you've got a doctor that's paying himself a wage or herself a wage of 15000 a year. That's not reasonable. Mm. So, you know, that's a big one that we answer a lot of questions. That's actually a pretty quick and easy one. I mean, you could shoot me an email and I can help walk you through that. Right. Well, that's, that's good. So is there any way to be able to measure what is reasonable? Like, is there any guidelines around that? Yeah. I mean, general rule of thumb, you've got to be able to justify your pay to say, I can get somebody else to do it for this. So if you're a successful practice and you're total wages for the year are $200,000. It's reasonable to say, again, depending on where you're, you know, what, what city and state you're in, it's reasonable to say that I can fill this position for 85,000, whatever that number is. That's okay. the, the first test of reasonableness. Interesting. Yeah. And, and it's open to interpretation. It's the IRS, which means that, you know, nothing's ever really black and white, but we can help kind of <laughs> decide what that is. But I mean, your, your best watermark is really, if I hire somebody, what's the least amount that I can pay them to do this job proficiently? Okay. Uh, and, and then that's, that's a number you could always defend before the IRS. That's interesting. You bring up the whole, the gray area, because it is a very, very big gray area. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you could also make the argument that I'm so great. The reason why my practice does so well is because of me. I can't just hire some, some person to come in for $85,000. I mean, that's not a good argument for you, but you know, that, right. that's an argument that's there. Right. Which is why it's so confusing. It would be confusing to me too if I was a veterinarian. So, uh, sure. so if we were to look at three main things that you and your firm actually help veterinarians do to achieve the highest level of success in their business, let's go through the three different things that you would help them. Like, what would you say is the first one that you would be able to do for them? Well, I'm going to kind of blend it because they all go back to number one. And that's really to provide people with peace of mind when it comes to their business operations, to their tax, to their accounting. And we start that process with education. You went to school, you're a veterinarian, you're a good veterinarian. Your main focus and everything that you've learned was how to do that really, really well. They don't teach you in school how to run a business. You might take an accounting class and you might know what a PL is or an income statement or a balance sheet. You might know what these things are on a high level, but you really need to understand what they are for your business. So education is number one. If you understand that and you understand where your numbers come from, numbers don't lie. Numbers have no emotions. Numbers are numbers. They're just there. So if you understand your numbers, 
that can help you do, you know, multiple things. And that'll bring me to, to number two, save time. Well, how does knowing your numbers save time? Well, knowing your numbers can give you an idea of where you compare in your industry. So let's say you spend 30% of your overall income on payroll. Well, you might be paying a little bit too much. So let's dig in a little bit and say, well, why is that? That might lead to another discussion about operations. Well, I have so many people because my operations aren't really running smoothly. And then that can, you pull on that thread and that, that thread takes you to, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And that's why you have no time because you're putting right. out all these little fires. If you know your numbers, that can help uncover these things. Hmm. And then finally, saving money. Saving money is the number one thing that we do for veterinarians because, again, it's a process, right? You start with the learning and then you figure these things out and know your, your, your numbers. And then the saving money comes in by you've got an understanding of your profit and loss and your balance sheet. You kind of know how the money's coming in and going out. So now you can start being a little bit more efficient and make sure that you're not spending money on things that you shouldn't be spending money on. What we do for vets all the time, vets are notorious for not raising their fees. And if you go 10 years without even doing a cost of living increase, you got to understand the money that you have today is not worth the same as it was 10 years ago. So, so little things by just increasing your fee by one and a half or 2% every year, your yeah. clients will not notice guaranteed. They, they won't on a hundred dollar invoice. If it's now $102, trust me, that's not the end of the world. But if you try to go back after 10 years and make up all that money, well, now your hundred dollar invoice is $120. Yes, they're going to notice that. So that's a little part of how we can help make more money for the practice. That's huge. So the first one is education around their numbers. And when we look at the numbers that we're talking about, like what are the numbers that a business owner should be looking at? Well, with a financial statement, whether you're using QuickBooks or a CPA or even just a, an, an accountant that's not licensed, you should be getting financial statements on a regular basis, whether it be monthly or quarterly or printing them out of QuickBooks. And you have an income statement and a balance sheet. The balance sheet is a summary of all of your assets and all of your liabilities. So that's your cash in the bank at that moment in time. That's the debt that you have. Basically, there's numbers that you can run to say, okay, this is what my business is worth from a liquidity standpoint, right? Because if I, if I collect all my outstanding AR and this is my cash and I pay off all my debts, what's left? So that's important to know. And then the other side of the, the equation is the, is the income statement. And the income statement is basically all of your income and all of your expenses. What we like to delve into and educate on is, number one, seeing your sources of income. So if you have a veterinary practice, you, you do different things. You have regular service visits, you have surgeries, you have boarding perhaps. And what I find more often than not, it's just classified as income. Hmm. Well, how do you know which one of those things are more profitable than the next? Right. And that can help you grow your practice. So if you break these out into categories or classes, that could be beneficial. And then on the expense side, we take a look and number one, make sure that it's classified correctly because that can have a tax implication. But number two, take a look at all these expenses and how do those expenses compare to other practices in your area or in your state or, or nationwide? And the example I gave before of payroll being 30% of your income, we look at everything as a percentage of sales. It just makes it a little bit more crystallized for you. So you can say 30 cents of every dollar is going to payroll. Well, we help with benchmarking these numbers to see what's reasonable and what isn't. So if it is or for argument's sake, 30%, that's a little high for a veterinary practice. 
And so that leads you to, to kind of dig in and say, well, why is it high? Oh, well, I have a family member that I have on payroll hmm. and they don't really work 40 hours a week, but you know, it's a family member and that's what I do. Right. Happens all the time with small businesses, but you need to understand that that's why your numbers look like that because that's eating into your net profits. So do you see that a lot of veterinary practice owners, they are in their numbers? Like how often, like how much do you really see them actually looking at these numbers? Is it frequent? Well, it depends. If they're current clients of ours, yes, it is very frequent. If they haven't worked with us, it's very, very rare. Some practices that work with some of these veterinarian groups that help with buying power and, and, and help each other from an operational standpoint Right. They may start getting into it a little bit uh, and they might be giving some KPIs. They might be giving some, some guidance and support. So it's a little bit, it happens a little bit more in those cases, but for the most part, most veterinarians really aren't looking at that. Okay. And of course, not knowing the numbers and looking into these little metrics can drastically impact. Of course, if someone wants to sell their, their business at some point, it could hurt the value of it, right? Oh, there's no question. And, and you know, how do you plan if you don't know where you, where you are? Hmm. That's very true. So the first one you said was we would educate. That's a lot of the focal point, educating around the numbers. Second one was being able to, what would you say was the second one again? Save time. Save time. Mm-hmm. And then what was the third one? And the third one, save money. Ooh, that's a good one too. And, and the saving money, it, we'll see the saving money goes in a couple of different ways. If you look at income and you say, well, wait a second, we haven't increased our fees. As an example, we haven't increased our fees in three years. Well, if you increase your fees, there's a small practice that we were working with, single doctor practice. In a two-year time span, they raised their fees by 2%. Okay. They netted, after everything was said and done, they netted an additional $46,000 over two years. Wow. And their clients never knew the difference. Because if you're going to be a steward of your business, you have to be a good business owner. You can be the best vet in the world, but you're still worth something. Your your student loans will prove that. Mm-hmm. So you spent all this money. Now you've got it. You owe it to yourself to at least do well enough to be able to provide a higher level of service. Because if you as a practice are not charging people properly or managing your money, well, then guess what? You're not going to have the money to buy the latest equipment that you might need. You're not going to have the time to take the proper continuing education to learn new skills or to you know to make your skills even better. So all this ties in, and if you don't know how to charge properly, then you're not going to get paid. You're not going to be able to, to provide the service that you should be. That's incredibly powerful. Let's say that someone were not going to meet with you at the moment, and let's just say from they're listening right now, and where they're thinking of like, what's one single action that a practice owner could do right now to improve their business? You know what? The very first thing you should look at, and you know, my mind just starts racing because there's, there's not an answer for that. There, right. There's multiple. But if there's one thing, I would say take a look at your fees, go through your software, go through your menu of services, and look at the last time you changed those fees. And also take a little bit of time, whether it's you or a friend or a family member, call around all the vets that are in your general vicinity that your clients can go to and get a list of their pricing and ask them, what do you charge for, you know, a regular visit? What do you charge for a a, a nail clipping, whatever it is, find out what your, your direct competition is charging and make sure that you're in line with what they're doing. That's an easy thing that you can do. And you'd be surprised how off you might be as far as, you know, the, 
fees that you guys are charging and, and get right. specific and ask specific questions about what things cost. Right. Cool. If someone wanted to reach out and talk to you, like what, how does that process work? Is there any commitment to try to talk to you? Like how open is if someone has some questions and they want to ask you a few questions? Yeah. So what we found over the years, I think the easiest way to do it, we need to have an understanding of a client coming in. So it's a, it's a dual vetting process, right? So in order for us to really understand you, your business and your needs, we're going to have to spend at least a couple of hours working with you because that's going to help us decide whether A, you're a good fit for us. And then on your side, if we're a good fit for you. So we do a lot more work than most upfront before an engagement letter is signed, before any fees are paid. And one of the things we do is we take a look at your current books, whether that's in your practice management software or in QuickBooks or however you do them. We take a look at your books. We take a look at prior year's tax returns. I have a long list of questions that I ask. Mm -hmm. And we kind of go through everything and get an assessment of your business. When we do that, oftentimes we find stuff. So in other words, we might look at something and say, hey, did you realize you missed this deduction? If you take that deduction, you save money in tax. We might be able to go back and amend a tax return to get that and, and capture that deduction for you. On the flip side, we may look at it and say, listen, there's some glaring issues that we want to point out. Whether you use us or somebody else, please take care of these things. So we do a pretty fair amount of work and provide an actual executive summary of our findings. It's done by multiple people, and that's why it kind of takes so long. I have a staff accountant that'll work on it. A CPA will review it. We take a team approach in everything we do. So yes, we, we will do some work at no cost. Uh, we're offering two to three hours of planning to kind of help put you in the right state. Because a single doctor practice, if you get sick, that's going to have a dramatic impact on your business. Really cool. How do people get in contact with you or the firm? Super easy. You can email me and my email address is eric, E-R-I-C, at Cantor, K-A-N-T-E-R, P as in Peter, A as in Apple, dot com. So that's eric at Cantor, P-A, dot com. You can call. Uh, our office number is 813-855-5433. And you can definitely visit our website at www.canterpa.com. And awesome. on the website, we've got all sorts of free resources as well. To wrap all of this up and the shift gears from financial stuff and business, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? That shouldn't even be a question. It's pizza. I'm a New Yorker. I'm, I'm born and raised <laughs> in New York. Yes, I live in Florida, but pizza is a staple. Um, pizza. It is a food group. And that is the food group that I will uh, have for the rest of my life. It's the whole food pyramid in one, right? It is. It is. You just, but it's got to be good. It's got to be good New York style pizza. Right. Uh, that's my happy place. Cool. I'm, I'm teetering between. I love uh, the Chicago deep dish and the, the New York pizza. So like they're both so good. Pizza is delicious. So <laughs> it is. All right. Well, Eric, thanks for joining us today. This has been great. I really appreciate all of your insights and your thoughts. And I, I hope all the listeners today have found this to be uh, useful. And if you want to contact Eric or their, the firm, please reach out. They're there for you. And anything beyond that, they can at least give you some guidance and point you in the right direction. For now, this is Tom Seco, wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.
CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151183 expires February of 2025.